Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, players and pimps? Welcome back to the podcast. We're on episode five, and thanks for joining us today. We've got a a special show in store for you. Last week, we did a twofer. Well, this week, we're going to do a three-peat. So, yeah, hold on to your butts. I'm going to talk a little bit now about a process that I like to do, and it's basically kind of upcycling found art. So, I like to spend a lot of time scouring thrift shops and yard sales and flea markets and and even dumpster diving for that matter, whatever, wherever I can find something that's already kind of got some character. I like to find pieces that seem interesting or look like they might want to use a little enhancement, and that's what I do. I bring them home and uh, church them up a little bit. And so... This week, I've got three different pieces that I'm going to discuss, and the first one is called Boy. That's it. Simple title, Boy. And it is a thrift shop print of a young boy, size 20 by 24, and I found it at a Salvation Army. It had a price tag of $4.99, and luckily, on the day that I was there, It was a green price tag, and green price tags were half off. So I got this Joker for $2.50, and yeah, it was pretty cool. So I was excited about it. It was one of these pieces that I absolutely sat down and did from start to finish in one sitting. It was just just one of those things. It kind of hit just right. I knew what I was going to do. Usually when I find something in a thrift shop like that, I already know what I'm going to do with it. It may not necessarily turn out the way I have it in mind initially, but when I see it, I, I have a feeling like I just it, it hits me. I know what I want. And that's what I did. So I picked up this piece. And when I enhanced it, I used simply acrylic paints. And you'll find that I use acrylic on just about everything because I can literally sit down and do a piece in one sitting because acrylics dry so fast, I can I can have that luxury. And so For somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of patience, that's kind of a fun thing to do. So I I actually did this piece on 24 December of 22. That's right, Christmas Eve, but the last thing I was doing was anything Christmassy. I wasn't listening to any any Christmas tunes at all. I think the only Christmas movie I watched this year was Batman Returns. 
and that's a classic. So I sat down, did this piece, and let me tell you about it. So it's a little boy, probably middle school, early teenage years, and looks to be like in a, a rural or farm type setting. It's just a portrait of, of the child. There is no background. It's, a, it's just a plain dark black background. And he was wearing a straw hat with a, a brown shirt with a red neckerchief and holding a, a, what looks like a terracotta pot, a jug. His head is slightly kind of turned, looking over his shoulder. And that's it in a nutshell. Very basic, very, very simple. And so the frame itself was black. And whenever I do a thrift shop piece, it's a package deal. So if I get something and it has a, a frame with it, the frame's part of it. And that's part of the, that's part of the story. So I actually painted the frame as well. The frame itself was black, like I mentioned, and it was kind of beat up. There were some rough spots, some dings, some scratches, uh, all that sort of stuff to me just adds character. I don't mind about the dings and I, I'm going to want to clean it up a little bit, but I made it so that it's now a cohesive piece. And I'll come back to the frame here in a little bit. But when I saw the straw hat, I immediately just thought to myself, it, it kind of reminded me of a sombrero. It kind of looked like, even though I don't think that was the intent, it was just, it kind of had this uh, Dia de los Muertos vibe to it, uh, the Day of the Dead. And that's where I went with it. That was the direction I took. So I'm going to post before and after pictures on the Facebook and Instagram. Still working through that, so be patient with me. Uh, I, need, I need to find me a young millennial to help me out here. Um, so I took that theme and I ran with it. And what I did was basically just give this guy some makeup effects. And so I painted over top of his current skin just as a skeleton. It wasn't necessarily in the true Day of the Dead style. It was just simply skeleton makeup. But I was able to use different whites, of course, creams, but I used several shades of blue. And so I've got a range from very light, light blue to very dark blues and blacks, of course, to highlight, uh, excuse me, just to enhance around the eye sockets, uh, around the mouth. And I made it clear, I made a point to not exactly paint over certain elements. So you could tell that it wasn't actually a skeleton. It's a boy dressed as such. And so you can see, for example, you can see his ear still, and you can see other parts of him that indicate that he's not just a, a skeleton standing there. So he's looking over his shoulder. You can see his lips. You can see his eyes. Uh, I, I made it a point to make it appear as though his eyes were a much, much lighter blue. And so I did paint those, but you can see like around and under his eyelids. And then I painted his arm as well. So any exposed uh, parts of his body that aren't covered with clothing, I had painted or what looks like a makeup paint job. And it still has his traditional rural clothing. I kept the bandana on. I thought that was that would just only add to it. So I kind of cleaned that up a little bit and I added some more reds and oranges to that. And then on top of it all, I added some red pouring out of the pot. So take it for what it's worth. 
make up your own conclusions, if you will. Is it blood? Some people think it's blood. Maybe it's Kool-Aid. Maybe it's marinara sauce. I don't know. But figure it out. It's up to you. In the background, like I said before, it was black. It still is, but I did a dry brush effect where I dipped the brush into very, very little paint, and then I tried to remove as much of it as possible so that it would just kind of pick up on any of the texture that's within the within the piece itself. And I used a bronze color. And I really love working with the metallics because there's just something about them that really makes the piece pop. And I thought it, it looked like it fit in this piece because the, the color schemes with the straw hat is, is kind of brownish, goldish colored. The shirt that he's wearing is brown in nature with other highlights and lowlights. And then of course you've got the, the relatively orangish brown color of the pot. And so the, the copper really just lends to it, the, or the bronze rather, copper, bronze, same, same. But it's, it, it all, it just flows. And so I, I extended that onto the frame as well. So I had mentioned before the frame was originally black and it still is, but I used that dry brush technique over the frame and that's where you have it. So that's that piece. And as I mentioned, I'll post the, the befores and afters and I'll let you see what you think. But I've done this with a lot of stuff and a great amount of my work is actually comprised of thrift shop finds. And it's not just paintings or prints or pictures. I've, I've extended that into various sculptures, into toys, turned them into different things. And it's kind of a, a unique way to repurpose things. And I'm far from the first person that's ever done it. In fact, I think I got the original idea. I saw a post online where someone had taken, it was just like a winter scene, just a very basic country scene or landscape or something. And, and they were able to paint into it some Star Wars uh, walkers and, and some TIE fighters. And it was just completely out of place, but it looked amazing. It just looked like it was supposed to be there. Obviously it wasn't, but it was just, it was so cool. And I, I always thought that was just a neat thing. And so why not do it? And that's what, that's probably one of the things that I enjoy most about the interwebs is that I'm able to find ideas like that and, and just try myself. So I enjoy it. And the cool thing is, this thrift shop stuff is a dime a dozen. It's super cheap. Unless sometimes it's just you got to go out on a limb and maybe pay a little extra for something that you wouldn't have. But it's it's worth in the end. And they end up to be kind of cool. So let's talk about the second piece, which isn't exactly a thrift shop find, but it is an absolutely an upcycled, uh, repurposed print. The second piece is just as I mentioned. It's not a thrift shop find, but it is an artistic print. And I found it at the Dollar Tree of all places. And the Dollar Tree has a number of different small canvas prints. This one happens to be eight and a half by eight and a half. Some of them are square like this. Other ones are, are just at or around that size, but sometimes rectangular. And the title of it is called It. Again, just one word, just simply it. And it is acrylic, exclusively acrylic on this Dollar Tree canvas print. And when I saw it originally, it had a little girl running with somewhat of an abstract background, not really any formal 
landscape or specific scene that she was in. And she's holding a bouquet of balloons. And she's just running and playing. And immediately, I saw this and I immediately knew what I was going to do with it. It was too easy. It was just like, okay, duh, that's what's going to happen. I turned this piece into Pennywise. Hiya, Georgie. And so I took the balloons, which were multicolored, and I, I painted them all red. And it was so perfect because the, the piece itself, she's wearing a dress and she's running. She's got one leg kicked up and she's, she's carrying these balloons. And it's just, it couldn't be more specifically precise and just right to paint over her dress with Pennywise's costume. It fits just right where in the film he has like this kind of bunched up middle region. It, it resembles kind of a, I'm, I don't even know what, it's, it's big and fluffy and there's all this stuff to it. And he's got the big puffy shoulders and the all the lace around the 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 wrists and the white gloves and it was just, and, and around the ankles, there's, it was just, it was there. It was just like asking for me to do it. Like it, that's what it was. That's what, that's this thing's purpose here is to be transformed into Pennywise. So I painted over the hair, the hair is flowing, it's red. And the face was exactly as you would imagine it. It's the creepy modernized current version of Pennywise with the, uh, the red stripes that extend from the corners of the mouth up through the eyes. And of course I've got the nasty teeth kind of hanging out there and there's a great big puffy lacy uh, collar piece. I've got the red buttons down the front and the, the pom or the pom poms rather. And I've got the pom poms on the, on the shoes and I painted the hands. So they resemble wearing some white gloves. And then I just, everything is of the right color scheme. It's that grayish, uh, tannish, dirty looking clown costume. And it just, everything just lines up the way it should. Like it looks like, to me, biased as the artist, it just looks like that's what it was supposed to be. Now, because the background itself and the foreground even is just kind of abstract color, it didn't really have much place. I kind of played with that a little bit too. And I simply put flames everywhere. There's fire uh, all over the place, uh, on the ground. He's running through the fire. The flames are kind of climbing up both sides of the piece. There's still a primarily blue background, which was the, the base color, I guess, for the entire piece. And yeah, he's just like running and playing in all these flames because this is fine. Um, and that's, that's kind of the deal. It was one of these things where, like I said before, the moment I saw it, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with it. And usually I will know to a degree, but this one was just like, duh, there's, there's no chance. It's like it popped into my brain. It was just like, pop, 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 pop. No, you get it. So I've done several of these pieces from the Dollar Tree, but usually because of the size of them, they're fairly small and I'll tend to get a handful and I'll combine them so that they're, they're multiple canvases, but I'll 
I'll make them all as one. I'll hot glue them together and then reinforce in the back with some staples. But this piece in and of itself, I didn't want to really have anything else with it. it it's all it's all I needed. So it's small, it's compact, but it's it's just right. And I think that it all came together. And this is another one uh, that I sat down and I did in one shot. I did it on 16 January of 23. And yeah, it was just kind of, I just knew what I wanted. And I just, sometimes it just comes out exactly right and this is one of those pieces that did i have i had no issue with it it everything just kind of worked and it's it's kind of funny because when it's when that's happening and it's going that smoothly you're just sitting there working on it and smiling because it's like it's all coming together and it just feels good you're able to manifest what's in your brain onto the canvas and at the end you got this crazy looking piece silly ass looking clown running with the balloons doing his thing Jumping through the flames. Hiya, Georgie. <laughs> okay, so remember the time when on every episode when it starts and it says if you get butthurt easy, something to that effect, like stand by, be careful. This is kind of one of those times. You're probably thinking to yourself, all this stuff's been pretty tame so far, and in my opinion, this piece is pretty tame too, but you just never know how people are going to react, and and I like a quote. It's been said by a number of different artists. Banksy has said it before and been quoted, given credit for it, but it says something to the effect of, art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. So this may or may not be disturbing for you. It's not for me. I like it kind of my thing. I've done a lot of it. This particular piece is interesting because thrift shop art, you'll find a lot of religious depictions of artwork in copious amounts everywhere. And more or less, they're already usually pretty tacky and gaudy and just in abundance. Like they're all over the place. So I thought, you know, why not enhance those a little bit more? Bring them home. Have some fun. So I know a lot of people get worked up when it comes to religious depictions and so forth. And I'm not here to try to offend anybody. But I, at the same time, I'm not really too worried about how people feel because it's just all make-believe. The rules are made up and the points don't matter. So if you like it, cool. If you don't like it, that's fine too. Uh, it's not one of these things where... I'm going to get all worked up and so, you know, focused on my values that I sever all ties and, and cut people away because we have a, a slight disagreement. This is one of those things where take it for what it's worth. It's all done in fun and jest. I'm not going to apologize for anything, but if we don't agree on it, we shake hands and we walk away. Still friends. Too easy. So that being said, this one is called the father son and the holy foley and this piece is a 9 by 11 thrift shop print mixed media completed on 11 march of 23 so this starts with a very simple very well-known traditional image of ben kenobi no, that's not it. Uh, the guy who sells tie-dye t-shirts down at the beach. No, 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 it's not him either. I think it's Jesus, though, uh, from what I understand. I haven't seen an actual picture of him, but 
People tell me it's Jesus. So I uh, used some influence from the great Mick Foley, wrestling legend, hardcore, ECW, WCW, WWF, man of many talents and many personas. And what I did was I depicted his three main characters in this piece. And so you have Jesus, or whatever his name is, in the original picture, painting, print, and he has uh, kind of a three-quarter stance, just his shoulders turned. He has his hand up with the, the traditional gesture of the, the two fingers. Uh, it's not a peace sign, but it's, it's almost kind of like, you know, I want to say peace, but my fingers are stuck together. And then the other hand is just kind of positioned kind of mid-torso. And so what I did was I combined the three main characters that Mick Foley represented. And he was well known in his days of ECW and WCW as Cactus Jack. And a very prominent feature in that character is that he often wore a red flannel, a red and black checkered flannel shirt with the sleeves torn off. And so that's part of it. Uh, one of his other characters, very well known as Mankind. And that's taken on a few different iterations, but one of the most iconic features of that is his leather mask. And so he has this very distinct leather mask that covers portions of his face and it's it's absolutely asymmetrical and it has rivets and there's a section where his a good portion of his face is exposed and another portion where it's just kind of his eye and like a piece around the mouth is, is open and you can see where his, his mouth is and he's got a missing tooth and it's just very classic Mick Foley, uh, excuse me, Mankind. And so also during this time, he would often come to the ring wearing a torn up white button down collared shirt with a black tie. And so I've added the white collar with a black tie over top of it. And then he's also well known for a particular character named Sako, which was nothing more than just a white gym sock with a, <laughs> white's an understatement, a dirty gym sock with a Sharpie used to color on uh, very crude uh, eyes and mouth. And he would often like pull this out mid-match, put it on his hand like a sock puppet, and then he would put it in his opponent's mouth. So all in good fun. So that's on one hand. And then his third character of Dude Love wore a t-shirt that said Dude Love on it. And so I used the font and the text that says Dude Love, and I put it on his, on his chest. And then he was also known with that character to have a smiley face that says, have a nice day. And so that's kind of in the background, kind of a three-quarter version of a, the classic yellow smiley face. And as Cactus Jack, his go-to phrase was bang, bang, and he'd, he'd make the finger guns, and that was his thing. And so in Sharpie, I wrote bang, bang, kind of in the, in the top corner, top right-hand corner. And then I used a metallic silver uh, paint pen and I just kind of doubled back over it. So it's got like a two-tone um, two-tone lettering there. So I got this piece for $2.99. Again, at a Salvation Army find. You can tell because it has the green sticker on it. And I just left the sticker on. I, I thought it was kind of just whatever. Like I just 
left it up there. And in the rest of the piece, I've got the dots that I had mentioned before that I use in a lot of work, just as kind of like accents and just kind of pieces that are throughout the piece in no particular form or fashion, just there. And so that's kind of the deal. And Mankind, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, whatever you want to call them, really unique in the wrestling world. So unique that it's not uncommon for wrestlers to go from, from persona to persona and just kind of evolve and kind of shape their, their characters. Well, he did it in such a way where he was kind of doing them at different times, and then he would be able to just go from one to another to another. There's no better representation of that where he specifically, as the man, Mick Foley, wrestled in, 19, in the 1998 Royal Rumble. He wrestled as all three characters. So in a Royal Rumble, if you get thrown over the top rope, you're eliminated. So as he would get eliminated, he left as one character and he would come back as another. He did that three times, and that's just unheard of. And it's kind of cool. And he's just, he's he's very different like that. He's, he's got something about him that's just so much charisma, so much just unique ability. And he's not what you would expect out of a, a wrestling performer. He's not a muscle guy. He, he's not very fit, period. But he's got so much just drive and, and ability and just an eagerness to, to want to entertain. And obviously his wrestling days at this point are, are long over, but he still is very active on the road doing a, a number of different things from cons to speaking engagements and, and comedy and stand-up and things like that. So he's quite a character, literally. And so I wanted to kind of take a page out of his book. And somebody has asked me, well, what is, what is Marley Ramone? And Marley Ramone is an alias that I used when I set up Facebook in the first place, because I'm not a fan of social media. But at the time when it was set up, I wasn't, I wasn't wanting to use it like most people do. And I just wanted to use it to like look at the things that I enjoy and, and the stuff that I follow, but I didn't want to use it to have to, I don't know, whatever. So I just set that up. But where does Marley Ramon come from? So when the Beatles would stay in hotels, they would use the last name Ramon as an alias. And so they would use their first names and they would use the term or the last name Ramon. And that was how they were able to stay in hotels undetected. And then fast forward years later, the Ramones, the world famous Ramones, kind of adopted that concept, but that, that just became the band. And so each member of the band was a Ramon. That was their last name. I'm a huge Ramones guy. I love that idea. Marley was my nickname in high school. I'm not one of these guys that just like clings to have to still be called by that. Uh, to this day, that's just, that doesn't happen. Nobody calls me that anymore. But I just thought it would be a fitting kind of alias. And then it just kind of took off. Um, and I thought this would be an, a, a simple transition into this podcast and just kind of have it framed as something else. So I've got Ryan Marlette as the person. I've got Marley Ramon as the alias. And we talked about the start Spangler, which is my conceptual wrestling character that just never would have been or should have been or even could have been, but is going to be because I'm going to take a page out of Foley's book and you are going to see more from the three. I don't know what that looks like. We'll figure it out. But like I said before, this is all make believe anyway. So whatever. It's the interwebs. Nothing makes sense. And Let's roll with it. This is a long episode, but I hope you'll stick around to the end. 
this was a lengthy episode. I appreciate you hanging in there and sticking around. I hope you had fun. I hope we had some laughs. I, I laughed myself. Usually if I don't laugh, nobody else will. But I find that um, humor is what gets us by, among other things. Lots of things do. For example, art, for me. I get that you might like some stuff, you might not. And that's, that's all that art is. It's like you either like it or you don't. It's a matter of opinion. And it's no big deal. If you like it, cool. If you don't, that's cool too. All good. But listen, it works for me. And I encourage you to, to find what it is that works for you. If that means it's art, if it's running, if it's reading, if it's solitude, if whatever it is, find your center. Find what it is that helps you get by. Because we all fall apart sometimes. And it's okay to fall apart sometimes. Hell, tacos fall apart sometimes, and we still love them. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I appreciate you tuning in to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. Art can be a powerful thing, and it reaches each of us in a different way. So I encourage you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anybody who treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. And if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's this. Remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1, or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them. Thank you.